In 2010, I went to the Holy Land with uh, my seminary friends as a course for my seminary classes. We spent seven days exploring the land of Israel and seven days exploring the land of Egypt together. And while in Israel, I had the opportunity to walk where Jesus walked in Galilee, to sit where Jesus gave his sermon on the mount, and to ride in a boat across the Sea of Galilee, where Jesus was often with his disciples fishing or going to the other side, and even where he walked on water. I visited Bethlehem, where Jesus was born, and Jericho, where Jesus healed blind Bartimaeus. I touched the waters of the Jordan River, where Jesus was baptized, and I also went to the holy city of Jerusalem, where Jesus went to the temple. It was there that Jesus taught at the temple. It was in Jerusalem where Jesus had his last supper with his disciples, and he was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. It was there that he was tried and convicted and even crucified. It was also here that he was buried. I had the opportunity to visit the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, where the Jesus tomb is kept. Now, this one church is divided into six different communities that claim ownership and care for their specific area. Inside, you can visit the supposed place in which Jesus was crucified, and in another, you can enter into the tomb where a marble slab marks the place where Jesus was laid. It's believed that the original stone lies beneath the one that is displayed. Well, friends, I waited for over an hour to get inside this Jesus tomb, and once I went in, I have to tell you I was very disappointed. You see, the tomb was beautifully adorned with gold and with silver, and the smell of incense was all in the air. But what I expected to see was a real cave, not a Disney World attraction. As I regrouped with some of my classmates in another area away from the tomb, someone told me that I was standing next to a spot that had two original tombs from first century Israel. It was too dark for me to enter in and certainly unsafe to do so. So I got out my camera and I turned on the flash and I just took a photo hoping to get a glimpse of what lies in the dark. To my dismay, this is what I was looking for, the rawness of a first century tomb. I came to see this tomb, a grave that Jesus would have been laid in, Seeing this image gave me chills, just thinking about Jesus' lifeless body wrapped and laid in this chamber of death. This is the place where there was weeping and sorrow, but it's also the place where the unexpected joy of resurrection life was also encountered. Friends, today is Easter Sunday, a day of resurrection in which we celebrate that Jesus is no longer in the tomb. In fact, if you were to ask Arab Christians in Jerusalem where the Church of the Holy Sepulchre was, they wouldn't know what you were talking about because for centuries they have called it the Church of the Resurrection. You see, I find that Christians have a tendency to focus more attention either on the death of Jesus on the cross or either on the resurrection of Jesus from the tomb. 
But the truth is, is that we must experience the heartache of Good Friday to truly understand the joy of Easter Sunday. You cannot have one without the other. Surely you know exactly what I'm talking about. Life is not always joyful. We experience heartbreaking moments all the time. This past year has been trying for all of us. COVID-19 has changed so much in our lives. It shut down our in-person worship services and our regular church gatherings. It's caused both financial and physical hardship for millions infecting 30.4 million people and killing over 550,000 in the United States alone. Many of us have either lost a loved one due to COVID or at least have a personal relationship with someone who has. Life can be really hard sometimes, and our scripture today from John's Gospel reminds us of this too. You see, two sisters, Mary and Martha, summon Jesus to come quickly to provide healing to their sick brother, Lazarus. They send word for Jesus to hurry because it was a very dire situation. Now, Mary and Martha are not strangers to Jesus. He knew them very well, and he loved their brother, Lazarus, very much. But Jesus did not do what they expected. Upon hearing the news that Lazarus was ill, Jesus intentionally stayed where he was for two more days before traveling to Bethany. He had even told his disciples, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Yet, when Jesus arrived in Bethany, Lazarus had already been dead for four days. He was too late and now joins alongside many of those who have gathered to mourn and comfort Mary and Martha. Upon hearing that Jesus had finally arrived, Martha went out to meet him. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, she said. Are you familiar with those words? Have you ever prayed a prayer similar to that to God before? Martha's words cut to the core of her emotions, expressing deep disappointment in what has transpired. We've been there too, haven't we? Lord, if you would have just showed up, my loved one would still be here, but you didn't answer my calls for help. We believe that Jesus can heal, but sometimes the sting of death leaves us in sorrow and feeling defeated. We find ourselves gathered with our loved ones staring at the casket of defeat as we cling to Jesus' promise, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do we really believe this? You see, our faith is truly tested when the reality of death knocks upon our door. The death of Lazarus and the grieving of Martha and Mary become real to us when we experience it for ourselves. And yet we are reminded in this story that it also deeply affects Jesus too. John says, Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, 
by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been in there for four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Once the stone was rolled away, Jesus prayed out loud for the benefit of those who had gathered there. He prays, I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. Did you catch that? His prayer and this miracle are meant to show God's glory to bring faith to those who were unsure of him. And then the glory of God is revealed when Jesus yells out, Lazarus, come out! Before their very eyes, Lazarus begins to stumble from the tomb, still wrapped in the grave clothes that bound him. Jesus is no stranger to miracles. He had performed many of them, turning water into wine, feeding the 5,000 with a few fish and a few loaves of bread, walking on water, healing the sick and making the blind see. But nothing, nothing Jesus has done can compare to this. Lazarus was dead, not asleep, not resuscitated. He was dead. And he had been in the tomb for four days. Now, I don't know about you, but I've had a, a mouse die in my garage before. Now, oftentimes, I don't see it laying around. I have to hunt for it, but I don't know that I have to hunt for it until after it begins to decompose, and usually that takes a day or two. And once I begin to smell that smell of death, I know that I need to find it and get it out quickly. Lazarus is dead. And his body is decomposing. But Jesus commands him to come out of the tomb. And that's exactly what he does. Now, sometimes we hear this story and we really don't think about the reality of it all. Can you imagine for just a moment having been a friend of this family and participating in the funeral service for Lazarus knowing that he was dead? and then witnessing Jesus raise him to life. There are no words to express how awed and amazed we would be. Dead people don't come back to life. It just doesn't happen. It would blow our minds. But this is not anything surprising to Jesus. He had alluded to this earlier in his ministry by saying, Very truly I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. That's exactly what Lazarus does. He responds to the shout of Jesus, the command of Jesus to come out of the tomb. But this resurrection only foreshadows the greatest story of resurrection we could ever know. Good Friday ends with darkness and sorrow and defeat as Jesus' broken body is laid in a cave, just like Lazarus, with a stone rolled to seal it. And just like Lazarus, Jesus is dead. Everyone's witnessed it, those who desired to make it happen, and even the faithful who wept as it took place. 
But on the third day, Mary arrives to the tomb to discover that someone has rolled the stone away. Jesus' body is gone, and the only thing that remains are the strips of linen that once wrapped his body. And so she goes and tells Peter and John that someone's taken his body, and so they run to the tomb to see it for themselves. They too witness that Jesus is gone. And eventually, they leave bewildered to be with the other disciples. But Mary is still there, left all alone, weeping at the tomb. Not only was Jesus unjustly crucified, now someone is playing a sick joke on them all. She's brokenhearted, and she leans into the tomb to find two angels in radiant white where Jesus' body had been. Woman, why are you crying, they ask. They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. When she turns around, she discovers what she thinks is the gardener, asking her why she's crying and who it is that she's looking for. It's almost as if someone whispers in her ear, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? And then Jesus calls out her name, Mary. And in that moment, her eyes are opened and she realizes that Jesus is right there with her. Her weeping turns into tears of joy as she shouts out, Teacher! She knows without a doubt that it's Jesus and that he's not dead, but alive. We don't really know how long Mary and Jesus spent time together there at the tomb but we know that she left the tomb and she went to tell the disciples the good news. I have seen the Lord. And John also goes on to share with us that the disciples who didn't see him at the tomb that day will see him with their own eyes when he comes to the house in which they're staying in. And even Thomas, the doubter, will place his fingers in his nail-scarred hands and in the pierced side. And they too will believe. You see, Mary and Martha had, ex- had to experience the heartache of Lazarus' death to see the glory of God displayed in his resurrection. Mary and the disciples had to experience the sorrow and the pain of Good Friday to truly appreciate the Easter joy of Jesus' resurrection. Good Friday without Easter is hopeless. And Easter without Good Friday won't make us fully aware of the power and the glory of God. Lazarus was raised so that people would believe that God had sent Jesus to us and God raised Jesus so that we would know and believe that he is God in the flesh, the resurrection and the life, our Lord and Savior. But we must have faith. We must have faith in what we cannot see. We must believe that death cannot separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We must have faith that when we stand at the graves of our loved ones, weeping that they are gone, that they are not dead but alive, called out of the tomb and into a resurrected life with Jesus. We must have faith that when we die, Jesus will call our names too to experience the power and the glory of his glorious resurrection.
I can just imagine it right now in that moment when we die. Jesus saying to each of us, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Friends, may this day, Easter Sunday, be a joyful celebration that he is risen. And because he is, death will never have the last word. No, that's reserved for the living word. Jesus the Christ, our Lord and Savior. May we not only read it. May we not only hear it. But may we have faith and believe it with all of our Friends, today, I invite you to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Praise be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.